0: The well- Welcome to our brand new series, Keep It Together. And we have a fun little uh, family sitcom that will help us get through this series thanks to our friends over at 12 Stone Church. And and, uh, what we're going to be talking about is all of these important family dynamics because we know there's so many different things that can divide us. So here's kind of give you a little outline of the different things that we're going to be talking about right here at the beginning. I'm going to attempt the whiteboard. If you can't read it. Sorry. Um. Uh. Go get, Uh. maybe uh, check your glasses. Uh, that's uh, what I decided. Uh, my softball game may be able to be kept together if I get my eyes checked and my knees held, held together. That's another story. But essentially throughout this series, we're gonna be talking about lots of different things. The Bible gives us so many different principles on how to keep things together, keep our relationships strong. And I, I don't know about you, but many times, What happens in relationships is there's conflict that arises. Anybody else? Anybody else has conflicts, arguments, disagreements? You know, just different things that emerge between coworkers, friends, family members, whatever it may be. So right away, whenever we're talking about relationships, we always want to think about how we can solve conflict. However... The reality is a lot of these conflicts emerge because of other things. This is one of the things that has been happening in my life is that a lot of the conflict emerges when you're really busy and you have lots of things going on and all kinds of things just kind of are pushing on you. And there's more and more pressure. And so all of us in some way or another know that there's times we have to solve calendar. Okay. Got it so far. Okay. Uh, solve calendar. Solve the schedule. Solve the priorities. Whatever is going to take place in our life. But before we do that, before we solve our calendar, before we like structure what is going to be important in our life, you really have to ask this question: Have you built things in your life that are higher priorities than other things? Have you built Have you built, like, principles in your relationships that helps you solve what's more important than others? There's some things that we have to build. We have to build the sacred. You guys like my handwriting? Okay. All right. But before you handle building sacred and saying this is the priority in our family— you have to build something else. You have to build solid. And that's what we are going to be talking about today. See, how it kind of works, and this is, this is kind of how we approach it sometimes, and how come you know, it doesn't seem like we're making any progress. Is a lot of times we start right here. We say, we need to solve these problems, solve these conflicts, but we never deal with any of the things that led up to that moment. We never deal with any of the other kind of issues that are at the foundation. And it's kind of, if you think about it, it's in a way kind of like a Jenga game here. And we're trying to solve what's up on top, but down below, it's not solid. Down below, we haven't figured out some of these things. And so we're going to get to these other things. And these are the four weeks of our series. But we need to start right here and talk about the things that we need to build in our life to make sure they're, they're solid so everything else can come later. We can't start in reverse and just say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with all this conflict that has emerged but not get to the root cause let me illustrate it in another way. I have here with me um, two golf balls. And can anybody tell the difference between these two golf balls? Uh, anybody? Right here, from afar. What's that? Anybody? Yeah, you got something? Shout it out. Okay. There's a little bit more writing on this one. Uh, this one, you know, has a little bit of writing right there. Okay. All right. So. Just slightly different, but they don't seem to be that different. But the reality is, is this is just a normal golf ball. It's the noodle, noodle three, long and soft. Um, Isn't that that wonderful? Nice little noodle. You can just hit it hard and it goes long and it just lands nice and soft. This golf ball is called catastrophe. catastrophe. That's what the name of this golf ball, because this golf ball is hollow. And inside of it, if you hit this golf ball, it will explode. It's an exploding golf ball, and it was given to me on Father's Day. What happened is my kids are like, okay, I'm a golfer. They got me some stuff. They're like, hey, let's go outside and hit some balls and just have fun. Dad, can you show me how to hit a golf ball? That's what my daughter says. And then they put one of these catastrophic golf balls down, and I hit it, and it explodes. And everybody has a great time. Uh, I was... My plan was that I am – my family – I have two more of these balls. My family said, take Andre, who's a part of our church here I golf with occasionally, and take him and get him to hit one of these exploding golf balls, and we're going to film it. He's not here today. So we didn't ruin it. So maybe we might have video footage of that later on in the series. Okay, everybody, Good Neighbor Project. Get your Good Neighbor Project on. Everybody with me. Shh. Okay, all right. If anybody else wants to help me with this, he's the perfect target. Just trust me. Just trust me. Okay? Um, anyways, the one ball is hollow. And one ball is a normal golf ball. One ball, when you exert pressure on it, it will explode. And I want you to think about overarching as kind of a way that we open into this series. Are there areas in your life, in your relationships, in your, in, in your interactions with people, especially the people closest to you, that when pressure is applied, there's an explosion, When pressure is applied, when things get a little bit hard with the conflict, calendar, whatever it may be, when when pressure is applied, all of a sudden everything starts to break down. Because the reality is from afar you can't tell the difference. But there's some relationships that have a footing, that have a firm foundation, that have a core, and then there's some relationships that there's it's just hollow. And whenever there's pressure that is applied, problems will emerge. I think all of us can think about that and honestly reflect and ask ourselves, is my relationship hollow or solid? And that's what we want to talk about today. Building things that are solid. Making sure that we have a foundation that we can trust. A foundation that will hold firm. And then we can add layers and layers to that. As we go, but if you don't have that firm foundation, boom, catastrophic. We're gonna read in Colossians chapter one, and it's really kind of the terminology and some of the principles of this series come from the book of Colossians as it's a letter to a church, and it talks about in, in a great deal about relationships and relating to one another and how we should treat one another. So it says this in Colossians 1. Verse three says, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which. You have already heard in the true message of the gospel. It's really the basic elements of having a solid relationship are contained in those verses as as the apostle Paul is kind of praising this church for some of the great things that they've done. And and kind of those foundational phrases that it says that, you know what you've been you are doing well in these areas As it says you have you have great faith in Jesus. And you have great love for all God's people. It's really the basic elements of building solid faith and love. It's the basic elements that if those things aren't settled and if those things aren't firm and secure, then other things go wrong. It's kind of getting back to the very simple, basic things. But you'll be surprised that sometimes those things are not quite solid in your family life, in your relationships, and how they can emerge in many different ways. I want to continue reading in the book of Colossians because it gives more uh, like insight and depth as to what this means to really have solid faith and solid love. It says this in verse 15. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verse 21 says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind, have become a servant. These are really foundational, really solid truths that seem simple and maybe even obvious sometimes to Christian people, but really sometimes aren't solidly built in our lives. It talks about right here in these opening phrases. It talks about the things that we have to make sure are solid in our life. The things that are settled, the things that are, we can trust, that we know, that we, we have a firm foundation on. And there's a lot of solid truths that are contained right here in these verses. As It says, you know, this is who God is. This is who Jesus Christ is. That he is the firstborn of creation. He's there before all this began. He was, he was the one that created all things. And all things were created for him. It's these, it's these really simple kind of theological statements that are, that are put here. They put a lot of things into perspective, but we have to understand that. And we have to have that kind of firmly footed in all of our relationships. Because what happens a lot of times is, is we just kind of don't really put Christ completely at the center of our life. We don't fully embrace the idea that Christ was before, Christ created all things, and all was created for his purposes, for him. And in all these things, it says that all things are held together by him. Do we truly believe, if we're talking about this idea of keeping it together, that all things are held together by these truths, by these ideas, I think a lot of times here's what we do. We've seen kind of the little bumper stickers. Anybody have one of the little bumper stickers that kind of look like this? Okay, there's me. Unfortunately, in the bumper sticker nowadays, I'm not the tallest one in my uh, in my family anymore. That was inevitable when you're five foot seven. It does, you know at some point somebody's going to pass you up. But you know the little bumper stickers like this is that's me. There's my wife. What do you think about these drawings? Look at her beautiful hair. Okay, you've seen these on the back of the vans, right? We don't have a minivan, but uh, you get the idea. Here's my stinking son who's taller than both of us. Okay, all right. Little spiky hair. Okay, and then our daughter who's just about as tall as us now. There you go. Okay,
1: we have like these
0: kind of little pictures of our family like this, and this is kind of our family dynamic, and, and maybe, maybe even toss in a little, little dog here. There's strudel, bunnies. I can't draw bunnies. I have a couple of bunnies. We're not going to draw the bunnies. But you have this little family dynamic, and essentially what we do is we say, you know, that's the family unit. That's our world. And then what we do on occasion is we'll say, okay, hey, God, you can come and join the group. You know, you can join in and you can participate. And then, you know, like Sunday morning, you can participate before we before we have a meal. Maybe sometimes we'll do a little prayer and you can join in and participate. And that is a lot of times kind of how we think about our relationship with God. But that is not something that is going to build solid in your life, build a solid foundation in your life. Because what happens is if your dynamic is you have all these other individuals that are doing different things and, and, and God is kind of included in those activities is it ends up everybody fighting for who is going to be in control. Everybody fighting for their own self-interest. It can become a very selfish place when, when everybody is saying, this is what I want And it becomes this battleground and maybe a lot of conflict over who's going to have their way. And so what happens sometimes is maybe like, hey, you know, one of the kids is uh, uh, really doing well in baseball right now. And then all of a sudden, all of the attention goes over to that for this moment in time. Because you know what? At the center at this moment, that's what's the priority in the calendar. That's what's the priority in the calendar right now is is this big baseball thing. Or the school year starts, and that's the priority right now in the calendar. And all the center focus kind of gets focused on one person, or one dilemma, or one thing going on. But the reality is, and what this scripture is telling us, is there's a principle that we have to have at the core of our relationships It doesn't doesn't make everyone's self interest the center of your family. The center of your family is God, the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the one that holds all things together. So let's just be honest for a moment and think about what is at the center of your family? Is it entertainment? Is it Uh, one, one person's job in your family because, you know, that's what's keeping our family together. That's the income that's happening. So that's the center of our family unit right now. That person's job. This crisis. Whatever it may be, if you can identify and recognize what is really at the center of your family, you can start to understand where maybe some other things are breaking down. You can start to understand where there's other problems that are emerging later on. And the scripture is telling us a truth. And saying, put Jesus at the center. Put Jesus at the center, the God of the universe, the creator of all things. The one that holds all things together. And that will help everyone, instead of living selfishly, live selflessly. And live in a way that benefits everyone. You see, if we get this wrong, there's always going to be a a continual conflict, a continual argument about calendar, a continual argument about what's important. All of these things will just we'll never be able to, you'll never be able to get past those moments without solving what's really the center, what's solid in your life, what's the most important. If you think about this, it applies to all kinds of ways and it, it materializes in all kinds of ways. But our society has told us, and they, they live off the assumption. I don't blame them, like in places like schools like this, that are public, secular places, that, the, that they kind of function off of the notion or the idea that God is out of the equation. In some ways, there could be an argument made hey, here in a public school, that's the appropriate thing to do. That's Maybe that is the appropriate thing to do. However, in our families, we have to decide if that's kind of the way that we're going to think about things as well. Imagine if a parent, my, my daughter's starting high school, started this week. Imagine as a parent, as she's starting high school, if I told her this advice. If I said to her, you know what? Hey, in high school, things get, things get a little different. So, you know what? In high school, there's going to be some... Some parties and kids are going to be drinking and kids are going to be having sex and there's going to be drugs and influences like that. You know what? These are things that you're going to face in high school. Just go for it. Just have a good experience. Have fun. Just, just go for it. Do, do whatever. And you know what? We'll, we'll sort it out later. We'll figure it out. There's no principles. There's no, nothing solid to, to go off of. Imagine how destructive a parent I would be if I just said, go for it, do whatever you want. But really, when you think about it, that is the implication, and that is really the reality of our world that is playing out right now, as people have said, that we eliminate God from the equation. We eliminate God from the equation that there isn't anything solid to stand on. There isn 't any principle that maybe overrides our feelings, desires, or what we might want to do at any given point in time that the decision really goes back to whatever is my own self-interest, whatever I would like, whatever I would want. But the reality is of people of faith, if, this, if these words are true in scripture. That God is the one who initiated everything. God is the one who was there before time, who created all things, who holds all things together, and for whom all of this was made. Everything changes, right? Everything is different. The way we should think about it shouldn't be, that's just an add-on to the family. The way we should think about it is our life and our decisions Are centered around that truth. Are centered around that reality. As it says here in the scripture. It says. It says. He has. May have the supremacy. He might have the supremacy. My question really is. Who has supremacy. In your family. Who is the one. That that voice. Is the one that we go to. That, that we defer to. That we trust. If we can't solve that. It, it, it's hard to get to anything else. It's hard to, it's hard to solve any of the other things. It's just whoever has the best argument or debate is going to win in your family. Whoever has maybe the most pressing need is going to win in your family. You have to build that solidly in all of your relationships let me just say this the best thing you could do as a husband as a wife as a parent as a brother as a friend the best thing you could do for any of those relationships is be really really close to God that's the best thing that you could do The best thing you could do is build that solid in your life, and it will overflow to your relationships and give life and give perspective and give give all of those things. It'll sort out all of those things. What is the center? What is solid? What is secure? What have you built in your life? The second thing that it talks about right here, and it says it right here, that it says the things that you've done really well is that faith that you've established, that you are solid in that faith. But it also says love. In some ways, that's, there's, faith is the principle and love is the practice in many ways. And if you can't get love solid in your relationships, again, things fall apart. Just because it's a lot of fun, we're going to have some help illustrating this point with our, our, our favorite, like, 80s sitcom family, The Keep It's. So take a look. children, Heather, and it's about time they learn the value of hard work and earning money. We don't all have a cushy job like you and (laughs) gadzooks. All right, Mom, we're ready. What do you think? Amy, I love it. You did an amazing job. Jason, well, your sign is interesting and has an indescribable charm about it. Yeah, Jason, your sign looks so charming. Not... (laughs) Shut up, Heather. Signs don't mean anything anyway. It's all the salesmanship. And that's when they make more money than eight. It could be salesmanship. Or it could be all about fresh quality ingredients delivered with impeccable service. <laughs> or salesmanship. I guess we'll find out. Okay, kids. I put the lemonade that each of you made onto the two tables outside. Now all you have to do is set up your signs and it's off to the races. Now, don't forget. Whoever makes the most money gets to remain a part of this family. The other one is out on the streets. Aha, oh, very funny, Dad. Well, good luck to you too. All right, go get them. Wow, now that is what I call a lemonade stand, Amy. how did it go, guys? Amazing. With my 80% profit margin, I made net sales of $21.50. That is awesome. How about you, Jason? I made 85 cents. <sighs> but I'm pretty sure these two nickels are Canadian. So, with current exchange rates, you made 83 cents. I guess I won. You certainly did, sweetheart. Honey, she had a line 5D for like an hour. She was offering referral bonuses. <gasps> I also think it was due to my choice of adding strawberry juice to the lemonade. Just a hint of mint find that it opens up the sciences for a more intellectually satisfying bouquet of flavors. I mean, dang. Amy, anyway, I'm so proud of you. I mean, honestly, I knew you were going to do well, but I didn't expect this well. Come on, Zig Ziglar, let's go draw up plans for your new business. Oh, let's do that. The other one. out on the Well, I guess we'll be going now and that cruel, cruel world out there. If only you've been rich and successful like your sister Amy here, uh, the Lemonade Entrepreneur. Uh, or a beautiful Gatsuk's T-shirt model like your sister Heather. You see, we can't have something good for nothing sponging off of us for the rest of his life. You lost that Lemonade contest fair and square. Now it's time to hit the road. We'll miss you. Not... <laughs> in Canada does that bring back any memories of Friday nights with pizza blackjack pizza TGIF Friday nights in my home Um, that's what it was like Uh, but okay all right, let's let's talk for real because we understand that our world is not like a eighty uh, sitcom where twenty two minutes of conflict is is solved in you know uh, that show and it's all wrapped up in one show. But the reality is, as we kind of look at this kind of funny depiction and uh, the uh, maybe way that it might be tipi- depicted in a sitcom video, is that love must be solid. You see this this past week I had a a nice little experience with my parents at the uh, Church of the Creek softball game. It was playoff season, so I got my knee braces out. I've kind of been avoiding uh, some of uh, some of the things at softball, and I, it was like, playoff time, it's time for the playoffs. So I got my knee braces out, took short, took back shortstop, and I was like, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, it's time to lay it all on the line because it's a uh, single elimination playoff time. Um, ended up in my first at bat, Uh, I got a base hit, but I was rounding third and hit third, and my knee just kind of popped. We'll see. I'm hoping that I didn't tear anything for the fifth time uh, in my life. Uh, I don't want to have my fourth knee surgery and the third one in the last three years or four years. But... um, Anyways, that's what took place, and I was sitting there in between innings because uh, my day was done, and I was sitting next to my mom, who was there to to watch my father, who's 66, and he just runs circles around me. It's so stinking frustrating. He's on a, our, our softball team, and he's, he's so much better than I am, and it doesn't make any sense, um, but he doesn't have any knee surgery, but uh, sitting next to my mom, and she was just kind of like consoling me there as I my knee started to swell up, and she was like... Um, I said I she said you think it's gonna be okay I was like I don't know and she's like Tyler I think it's time we need to chop that leg off it's time it's over uh you know what you had a good run but like it's time to get the scooter and the wheelchair because uh it's not working very well that gives you a little flavor of kind of the the type of conversation that happens in my home and you know the reality is 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 sometimes I have to be careful about it because the love language in the headache family has always traditionally been sarcasm. Um, But, you know, I sat there and I giggled with my mom there and we were laughing because because obviously I knew that she was joking. But the reality we have to face, and it's something that I need to know and remind myself of, is that, you know, like sarcasm and like kind of these cutting things and, and, and like... Any time like humor maybe even goes over the line a little bit, it can't exist if there's shaky ground. It really can't. And so in our lives, if we don't have a firm foundation of love where everyone in the family is crystal clear that the person who is there is 100% for them, will love them unconditionally, no matter what, is 100% supportive and on their side, if you don't have that foundation, really, you can't have jokes like that in your family. You really can't. You can't really, like, you, you can't move forward. Because the reality is that there is, is there is a point in time where there's, it feels like even if it's, even if, People are wrong in this, but it feels like we're competing against one another for love, affection, or approval. We're competing against one another to see who's going to be in charge, who's going to be the center of all the attention, who is going to be the one that is uh, approved of and loved and cared for. If there's a fight or if there's even a sense that there's a fight over that, you're in shaky ground as a family. It doesn't work. And there's all kinds of conflict, and we've heard endless stories and and illustrations of sibling rivalries, of conflict between husband and wife, power struggles, all of these things where everybody is fighting and fighting and fighting to try to see who will get their way. You have to settle in your relationships that love will be solid. That will be the consistent. That is unquestioned. You have to to settle that and make sure that is the overriding feeling and expression that is always conveyed in your home. That our love isn't based on you selling more at the lemonade stand. That our love will be here no matter what. That we will demonstrate the same kind of love and grace that is given to us by our God above. The one who says... You know, if you ask for forgiveness, I will be there to forgive you and, and, and be with you and walk beside you. If there's ever a moment in time where it's this infighting and competition within the family or within any kind of relationship that you have, who's going to get the better? Who's going to get their way? You're on shaky ground and you, you, you have to kind of do a little reset right there. You see as the scripture talks about it sometimes sometimes maybe we even we even get mistaken ideas about what the scripture talks about sometimes in family dynamics and relationships is always there's these illustrations that come up in scripture and we're going to talk more about them as we go go throughout the series where, where god talks about all relationships on earth is is kind of a model or a picture that it says that God is three in one, God the Father, God, the Son and God the Holy Spirit, that they're united in all things, that they're together. And that illustration, or that picture of God is also given, us, uh, given to us as a picture of what the church should be. It kind of filters down. The ultimate relationship is the God of the universe, the creator of all things. And then that that next relationship is kind of this community, the community at large that says we're people of faith. And it talks about it, says this relationship should be a picture of your relationship together as God is the head. You, too, should be united together, following him, and, and you should be. Together in all things, supporting one another, encouraging one another on, demonstrating love to each other. And these, this is how you will be known as people of faith. It is by your love. The picture of the unified, perfect relationship between God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, where they're always on the same page, always going the same direction, is a picture that is given to us as an illustration for the church. And then there's a second layer picture that is passed down from that. It's the family unit. And there's illustrations about the church, and then it all of a sudden shifts gear in Scripture. And it says, this is also how the family should function. The family should function united, like the father and the mother and the kids united together in harmony. And sometimes people have you know, almost taken that as you know what? There's a, a clear authoritarian structure where here's who's in charge. It's almost like a spreadsheet in a business, like, here we go. here's the top of the line, God, then we got church, then we have uh, family, and, and we're going to run it like that. And we're going to have performance reviews every year, and we're going to make sure that everybody is in line. The reality is that the picture is something that is trying to be conveyed to us is perfect unity. That's the picture. That's the picture for our families. The picture isn't like modern day business, like kind of hierarchies and bureaucracies. That's not the picture that is conveyed to us. The picture that is conveyed is perfect unity. People going in the same direction as we all follow Christ. As we all follow Christ and all follow Christ as the center, there can be perfect unity and harmony in what we're doing. Because Christ is supreme. God is creator, and we're all following that together, and we're all encouraging and supporting each other along in that endeavor. If you ever find your family or your relationships where you're in a fight to see who's going to win, something needs to change. Something needs to reset. Of course, there's authority figures. Parents, are authority figures over kids. Of course. Of course, we understand that. But There needs to be a place where you're building unity and love at the core. That that is the overriding feeling and expression that happens in your home. So, ask yourself, is is love the primary emotion, feeling, thing that is being conveyed in your home or not? If you build solid on solid faith and solid love in your life, because if you don't solve those things, we can't even go to the next level. We can't even start talking about anything else. A firm foundation: solid faith, solid love. You know, this past week, I was uh, scrolling through my Facebook and I kind of got... Spammed with, with something that kind of went viral this past week a couple of times. And I didn't pay much attention to it until I noticed somebody that used to play on my college baseball team put out this message and said, check out what happened to one of my teammates' kids. And so what it was is I played a little bit of college baseball and, and uh, somebody that played college baseball a few years after I left His son had a viral moment in the Little League World Series uh, just the other day. Let me just kind of set the stage. What happened is they were playing kind of this really important game. The winner of this would go on to the Little League World Series. They were playing a regional tournament. And this kid from Oklahoma got hit in almost about the face with a baseball. And, of course, that's always a dangerous moment uh we're all aware of concussions and 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 what can happen there people have you know had eye damage for a situation like that so whenever somebody gets hit like that it's incredibly scary moment this kid 12 year old kid was down on the ground for a while they checked him out and they realized he was okay so he went on over to first fortunately it hit pretty much his helmet and he had a little bruise but it wasn't that big of a deal but But the pitcher on the other team was just overwhelmed by this moment. And actually, these two teams had become friends. And uh, I listened to a podcast that kind of told the -the behind-the-scenes stories this week. Actually, these two teams did a little prayer time together before the game because they had become friends and been hanging out. And the pitcher was so upset that he hit this kid that he just, like, lost it on the mound. And he was just sobbing uncontrollably and couldn't regain his composure. So this... Uh, young man, um, Isaiah Jarvis, walked over from first base and just gave the pitcher a hug, and he told him, he said, you know what, I'm good, I'm okay, here's a picture of it right here, you may have seen kind of the viral moment that went on ESPN and all over the country, came over to him, gave the kid a hug and said, you know what, I'm fine, let's play this game, you're doing great, I know it was an accident, we're good to go and kind of gave his, his friend that he had met at this tournament a little pep talk. Afterwards, they actually, the team lost the game. The, the, team, the pitcher's team won the game and they moved on. And um, after the game, uh, the coaches recounted that they like didn't even realize it. Their phones were blown up. And they had, uh, over the next couple of hours, 50 different media requests for people to talk to them. And they didn't even know what was, what was going on. It was over this moment right here that kind of went viral. And they're interviewing these people and interviewing this kid. Um, and this is what this young man's mother said. said, anyone who knows Isaiah isn't surprised. It's who he is. He's kind. He's loving. He's compassionate and always has been. And I'm one proud mom. And then later, he says this. This is a quote from him. He says, my dad always tells his players to put others before yourself and treat other people how you want to be treated. I was really glad I was able to put that into action. And they asked him as well on, I think it was uh, the Today Show or, or one of the interviews he did. They asked him, why did you do it? And he said, I want to be like Jesus. That's what I want to do in my life. You see, this is a big viral moment that takes everybody off guard because somebody did something surprising, a surprising act of kindness that was out of the ordinary and like, was incredible for a 12-year-old kid to kind of have the presence of mind to, to do that for somebody else. But you recognize that these types of things don't happen in a void. You recognize that there's there's things that happened that preceded that. There were lessons that were learned. There were moments where they said, this is the values we're going to have, that Jesus is at the center. And when something happens in our life, what we're going to do is we're going to put others above ourselves, just like Jesus taught us to do. We're not going to put our own self-interest first. Instead, we're going to think of others first. We're going to be a servant of all. We're going to love others. And I can't imagine how many times this was probably modeled, reiterated, in order to get to a moment where you have kind of this moment that, like, goes viral. And everyone is surprised because it's not the norm. We all understand that, man, if we had a moment like that, that is something that, man, feels like a a great win as a parent, right? That would feel like a great win. It doesn't just happen by accident. It's things that are built over years, over years, over years. It's it's modeling that, living that out, exemplifying that day by day, and continually saying these are the things that are solid in our life. It's not our own self interest, and we're not fighting over it. Christ is at the center. He is the creator of all things, He is the one that keeps us together. And that principle will be at the center of everything that we do. That will be solid. It will be firm and secure. It will be well established in our relationships. That will be at the core. So the question to each of us, and we're going to get into some of this other stuff that is really essential and really vital in the coming weeks. But really, as we start this conversation, I just want you to think about in your own life, are these two things Firmly established. Faith and love. The basic elements of building solid. Building something that can really hold together. Through, through whatever you will face. Are these things firmly established in your life? Or is it kind of like God is not had them? Is it kind of like a competition between different family members to see who will get their way? What is it in your life? Are these things firm and solid? I want you to pray with me. And I want to invite you as we uh, go into our time of communion just to just to pause for a moment and be honest. Be honest and ask yourself is what is at the center of your relationships, whatever relationship we're talking about? sure all of us can look at our close relationships and see that there's moments where God is not at the center. There's moments where we're fighting against one another instead of for one another. That's the case. If you can think about an example of that in your own life, cry out to God right now. Ask for God's help. Say, God, give me something solid that I can plant my feet on. Give me something solid that I can know is firm and secure, is steadfast, unchanging. God, help me to build something solid. God, we pray that you'd speak to us, convict us. Show us the areas of our life where you'd like to intervene. Help us to start to build something. identified an area of your life where it's not solid maybe other things are crowding into the center of your relationships confess those things to God say God if I was honest work is more important than than you sometimes in my relationships God, if I was honest, sometimes my own desires override your will for my life. Whatever it may be, if there's something that you need to confess, cry out to God. Ask God for forgiveness. God, hear our prayer. Forgive us of our sins.